everybody. Welcome back to Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. This is Season 3, Episode 10, and it's going to be focused pretty much all on football today with media day and coaches and player interviews on Friday, and then the kids' day scrimmage on Saturday at Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City. Lots of interesting things coming out of Iowa City after that scrimmage that I want to talk about today. But first, I do want to mention it's been a little while since I've been on here, and Bryce Sanford, the recruit from Waukee, committed to the Hawkeyes. His brother, of course, Peyton, is going to be a sophomore this season in Iowa City. And a good shooter. I think he's going to have a huge sophomore jump and and be a key cog in that Hawkeye team this year. Price was a guy that people weren't sure what he was going to do. It sounded like he kind of wanted to, you know, not follow in his brother's footsteps, but forge his own path. But... He did that. Uh, sounds like, you know, he looked around, looked around, but every time he went to Iowa City, he just fell more and more in love with the, the coaches and the players and obviously Fran McCaffrey's system that he runs because Price Sanford is a perfect guy for that. He's long. He can handle the basketball. He can rebound, go the go full court, and finish at the hoop. And it sounds like, from what I've heard, Price is a little bit further along than Peyton was going into his senior year in high school as far as his ability to handle the basketball as well as finishing at the rim. Both are really good shooters. Um, You know, you've seen what Peyton could do last year shooting from three, and I think he's going to really pick that up this year. He also did a nice job rebounding and getting some putbacks. So really excited. I think uh, Peyton has grown to about 6'8". He grew a little bit last year, and I think Price is a little bit shy of that, maybe at 6'7 right now, but probably still still growing as well, but a huge, I mean, a, a really good fit for McCaffrey's system. He loves these long, lanky guys that can play guard. They can play forward. They can step out and hit threes, but they can also finish at the rim, play a little defense, and, and rebound. And so the Hawkeyes have Price Sanford coming in, skilled wing player. They've got the point guard, Brock Harding, and he is a true point guard. Really good handler of the basketball, passer. He's really improved his three-point shot. And then they have Owen Freeman, the big guy. uh, Power forward, center-type player. Really skilled. He can step out and shoot jumpers, shoot the three ball as well. And then they're still working on J.P. Estrella. He's the 6'11", power forward slash center. uh, One of the top big guys in this class, and if the Hawkeyes could land him, what a class Fran McCaffrey and that coaching staff is putting together in Iowa City. Well, let's go ahead and start talking about some football because there's a lot to talk about after everything we saw and heard this weekend. At Media Day, Kirk Ferentz was asked about his team not being ranked in the preseason coaches poll, and we all know how this is going to go. You know, he doesn't care whatsoever about preseason polls. He doesn't contribute to the poll. He has no interest in who's ranked, who isn't ranked. And he just says January is when the polls matter. It's a waste of time. And he's right. When it comes to a coach, why would you lose any sleep over whether or not you're ranked? I guess you can use it a little bit as bulletin board material when you're playing an overranked team at some point in the season. But fans like it. Fans like to see their team ranked in the top 25. And the Hawkeyes were just outside of it, really in the others who got votes, number 26. But 
you know, for the Big Ten, Ohio State was ranked second. Michigan, sixth. The Hawkeyes play both of those teams. Michigan State ranked 14th in the preseason poll. The lone Big Ten West team in the top 25 was Wisconsin. And that really got me thinking, why Wisconsin and not Iowa? To me, Iowa seems like a better choice at being in that top 25. When you look at the number of players coming back from a 10-win team last season, the Iowa defense under Phil Parker, once again, one of the best defenses in the nation last year. They did lose four really good players. They have seven starters back and several guys who had a lot of really valuable experience last year. That defensive line is going to maybe be the best line in the nation in 2022, despite losing Ben Valkenberg. It's probably the deepest position group on this team. But you look at that linebacker core as well. I mean, three guys back that are really good players, an All-American for sure in Jack Campbell, and and I think the other guys are going to be up for some awards as well. The defensive backfield did lose three great players, but the defensive back of the year in the Big Ten is back. Riley Moss. Kayvon Merriweather is supposed to have a great senior year. Jamari Harris started several games last year due to injuries. And Terry Roberts has been referred to by Kurt Ferentz as another starter. They consider him a starter. That's how good he is and how much they trust him. Quinn Schulte is ready to take over at free safety. But even more exciting to me are the duo of Cooper DeGene, who's getting reps at cash, at corner, and at safety. That's how versatile of an athlete he is. And then Xavier Wampa, the five-star athlete who's likely going to get a lot of special teams reps early in the year, and then I believe he's going to start working more and more into that defensive backfield and getting some playing time at safety as well. So what does Wisconsin have back on defense? They have three starters. Three. And, you know, they have a great defensive coordinator, Jim Leonard, who played for the Badgers. He was a standout. I think he was a three-time All-American even for the Badgers. Could be wrong there, but I believe he was. But he spent 10 seasons in the NFL. He's just 39 years old. I believe that this season will be his sixth as defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. He turned down a job, uh, an offer, to be his defensive coordinator for the Packers. So, you know, I think he's in line for the next head coaching job at Wisconsin when Chris is done. Or maybe another team will pull him out of there as a head coach um, before that happens. But the Badgers last season were number one in yards per game, just giving up 239 yards per game. That's pretty remarkable. The Hawkeyes were 17th at 328. 328 yards per game seemed amazing, but 239. And the Badgers were 6-3 and three in the conference, 9-4 and four after they beat Arizona State in the Las Vegas Bowl last season. Arizona State wasn't very good, but... You know, the returning starters on defense, linebacker Nick Herbig, and he was a sack master in 2021. He's a really good one. Defensive end Isaiah Mullins, nose tackle Keanu Benton. Three guys. They have so much production to replace on the defensive side of the ball. The linebackers, defensive backfield is all going to be new next year. And offensively, 
Wisconsin has struggled, like Iowa, with the passing game. The difference last year was that they had Braylon Allen. You know, he just came on early in the season. He didn't play a whole lot at the beginning, but once he started rolling, he was a 17-year-old running back at 6'2", 240 pounds, and he just kept the chains moving enough for the Badgers, suffocating defense to allow them to win, you know, win some games despite that rough start to the season, and it looked like they were in the driver's seat for the Big Ten championship game until they lost to Minnesota and the Hawkeyes got in there. But only five players back on that offense, led by quarterback Graham Mertz. He's a question mark leading that team. He's not lived up to expectations thus far. Braylon Allen, again, he rushed for almost 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns in 2021. He may be the best running back in the nation that's returning this season. He's such a young guy. It's really amazing. And they have three offensive linemen. But the Badgers will be looking to replace both tackles this season, tight end, fullback, and all their wide receivers. So it's going to be really interesting to see. And the Badgers have had quite a few changes over the last couple of years on the offense. And prior to the 2021 season, Paul Christ announced that he was going to be calling plays and coaching quarterbacks. Kind of a strange thing for a head coach to do, you know, take on those additional responsibilities. But John Budmeyer had just left for Colorado State to become the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach there. And Chris wanted to take over the play calling, which probably wasn't great news to the longtime offensive coordinator at Wisconsin, Joe Rudolph. And... Chris did not have a whole lot of success calling plays in 2021. So now they've hired a new offensive coordinator in 2022. Bobby Ingram has taken over those duties. And I'm just interested to see how this all plays out for the Badgers having a new offensive coordinator. You know, they they really struggled the last couple of years, especially passing the football. They're always a good running team. But... Maybe this is what that team needed. Bobby Ingram started at Penn State, and it's his first season at Wisconsin. He most recently uh, coached for the Baltimore Ravens. Most of his coaching has been in the NFL. He did coach for Paul Christ at the University of Pittsburgh for two seasons as the wide receivers coach. He was an unbelievable player. He was an All-American at Penn State, second-round draft pick of the Bears. He spent 14 years in the NFL. But his coaching experience is pretty much just wide receivers coach and tight ends coach, and that's it. He was with the Ravens the last eight years, initially coaching wide receivers, then moved on to tight ends. But it's just really interesting to me what made Paul Christ hire him as the Wisconsin offensive coordinator. I know that when you look at the stats, their third down conversions were really bad, 111th in the nation last year out of 130 teams. They were 120th in passing offense. Uh, They only scored 25 points per game. And what intrigues me a bit is just how this change could impact the run game because Joe Rudolph no longer being with the Badgers is really interesting. He was an assistant head coach, offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. He came to Madison with Chris from Pittsburgh and – He'd been the offensive coordinator since 2015. So quite a bit of change here for the Badgers and not a lot of returning starters on that side of the ball either. 
And obviously, the focus is going to be how they can get that passing game going. I read some comments by Graham Mertz. He really is is praising Ingram for bringing some new concepts into them. But I just really give the edge to Iowa here. You know, we're banking on Brian Ferentz making necessary changes, giving getting the offense going. But you know, Iowa only lost three starters from last year's offense. There were some good ones: Tyler Linderbaum, Tyler Goodson, Tyler Shot. But they have a lot of talented players back and should be able to improve, especially with the tweaks we're hearing about offensively from the coaching staff. And fans were able to see some of those changes come to fruition at the Kids Day scrimmage. But bottom line, it it doesn't matter until November or January, but I think Iowa should have been ranked in the top 25 ahead of Wisconsin based on key players returning for the 2022 season. But as KF says, it doesn't matter. They'll face each other in Kinnick Stadium, and hopefully that is going to be a game to determine which team is playing for the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis. Well, in his press conference after the Kids' Day Open practice, Kirk Ferentz talked about how nice it was to play in front of fans, just a little bit different routine for the players for practice number 10. He also talked about the Kids' Day captains and just how important that program is to his team. Just really great things that the Hawkeye football players do and, and that staff with the kids from the Children's Hospital. It's, it's really emotional anytime you see the relationship that they've built with those players and, and the story of those children. Well, as far as on the field, Coach Ferentz was very happy with the effort, and he mentioned field goal kicking and how far along that has come. And I've been talking about how huge that is for the Hawkeyes this year. They need to win close games, and field goal kicking is one of the things that determines those close games. Well, Coach Ferentz, you could tell he's down a little bit as far as injuries, you know, but he expects a lot of those guys to be back soon. Just so many injuries in the spring that's kind of carried into, into this August practice. But, you know, he was pretty upbeat overall when you talk about how that practice went. I can't recall an open practice that the fans and the media alike were so excited about after the fact. I saw positive things about pretty much every position group including quarterbacks. So that's exciting as we're now less than three weeks until the first game at Kinnick Stadium. And the talk this offseason has really been focused on who will start at quarterback for the Hawkeyes and what they can do to improve the offense in almost every facet of the offense, every category. Iowa's offense last year was 99th in points out of 130 teams, 121st in yards, 113th in completion percentage and 100-plus as well in third-down conversion percentage. Just some really important statistics. Spencer Petrus was asked what they need to improve on this year, and he didn't pull any punches. He said they need to improve about every single facet of the offensive game. Every measurable area was not up to an acceptable standard last year, and he mentioned they need to get better on third downs, they need to convert in the red zone, They need to get more yards on first down so they're not digging a hole for themselves and and having the second and long and third and long situations. So it's stuff that we as fans have been thinking about, talking about this whole offseason as the Hawkeyes try to improve prior to 2022, but it's obviously 
really ingrained in that offensive team, and and they're thinking about it. They're really working hard to improve. Well, Kirk Ferentz said that Spencer Petras is improving and just said, hey, he needs to improve. All of our experienced players need to improve. He talked about Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell is a great player, but he needs to get better. Every player needs to take steps to make this a really successful season in 2022. And also, he talked about Padilla, and Padilla is improving as well. And it's kind of an interesting thing to think about. You've got Spencer Petras, Alex Padilla, two guys with experience, and that's a, that's a little bit of an advantage that the Hawkeyes have over some other teams. Well, Petras took quite a few reps in, in the third down period of practice. He did a nice job converting. That was one of the positives that parents mentioned. But having two capable passers is really going to be an advantage for the Hawkeyes in 2022. As long as that offense has made the adjustments that are going to help protect the quarterbacks, um, get the ball out quickly to the playmakers. And I watched a Petrus video. He talked about how much better he plays when he's out there playing with great conviction. I think by conviction, he's talking, you know, he's, he's, he's confident in what he's doing out there. He... He can envision the play. He can envision the play and what what should happen, what needs to happen, and he's confident that it's going to. And he said, in the new offense, it's really allowing him to play with conviction. He knows where the ball should go, and he's feeling great about how this new offense is working. Padilla as well watched a video interview with him, and he conver- confirmed there are a lot of changes to the offense, both conceptually and fundamentally. And I know all Hawkeye fans can't wait to see that this season. And one of the disappointing takeaways from this weekend was the confirmation that Brody Brecht and Keegan Johnson are out with injuries, along with news that Deontay Vines broke a bone in his wrist. He's going to miss the first half of the season. He's a guy that I've mentioned that I was hoping to really step up this year. And he was doing just that in practice from all I've heard and Now he's going to be out, and the already thin wide receiver room gets even thinner. The good news is Keegan Johnson really sounds like his injury is different than what kept him out of practice during spring in the bowl game. Uh, But they think that Keegan, as well as Brody Brecht, may be working their way back as soon as next week. Uh, Need to get those guys some reps so they're ready to go. I mean, Keegan had a full season in last year. Brody was injured and didn't get to run out on the field last year. so, But just these injuries are, are frustrating, but just hoping we can get these guys back to get that wide receiver room in good shape. Kirk Ferentz mentioned that it was frustrating in the spring to just have so many guys injured, and they still have too many guys not practicing, so hopefully they can get healthy soon. And to me, Keegan Johnson is the biggest factor to having an explosive offense this season. The Hawkeyes need a couple of wide receivers that can really open things up. We saw Keegan do that in his true freshman campaign. Nico Regani will make some plays. Arlen Bruce is going to have to get the ball a lot. He's an explosive player, but Keegan can really take the top off the defense, and the Hawkeyes need that deep threat to keep the defenses honest. Also, I'd like to see Brody Breck be a red zone target, a guy they can go to when they need five yards on a third down. He's a big target. Haven't seen him out there yet, of course, but he has the height, the athleticism to be one of those guys who can go after those 50-50 balls and make big plays, kind of like we saw Brandon Smith do 
so many times in his career as a Hawkeye. But guys are stepping up. Arlen Bruce, Nico Regani, Jacob Bostic, the true freshmen. They're the only three scholarship players that are currently healthy. And then you have walk-ons, Alec Wick, Hayden Weechin, Jack Johnson. They're stepping up and getting reps. And I think we're going to see need to see one or two of those guys rotate in at times this season. Coach Ferentz had some, some good words about Alec Wick. He mentioned he's working out with former Hawkeye great Ed Hinkle. I would I would take an Ed Hinkle on the team anytime. You know, not that, that that he's there yet by any means, but Wick was quite a player in high school. He snagged over 70 catches in his junior and senior season, over 50 as a sophomore. He's the state of Iowa's all-time receptions leader for 11-on-11 high school football. And Kenton... Uh, Kelton Copeland has said really nice things about him, as well as Jack Johnson, Caden Weechin. And at minimum, you know, they're going to contribute on special teams, but hopefully Keegan gets healthy, Brett gets healthy. True freshman Bostic continues to improve. He had a nice catch at the kids' day practice. Uh, just looking for that solid five to six player wide receiver rotation. As far as running back, Gavin Williams is dinged up, but nothing serious, and it's allowed more reps for LaShawn Williams, who's really looking impressive, as well as the two true freshmen, Jazzy and Patterson, Caleb Johnson. By all accounts, the true freshmen are going to contribute this year and looking really good. And that's great, considering the Hawkeyes were pretty thin at running back coming into the season. We knew we had two good players in Williams and Williams, but that's not enough to feel really comfortable going into a full season. And Devin Hilson redshirt freshman. He's been dinged up quite a bit, so we haven't seen a lot of him. Patterson and Johnson are the real deal by all accounts, so that is very exciting going into the season. You know, it was interesting also that Sam Laporta has been splitting out wide at times. Uh, he did that on Saturday, and at 6'4", 245, he's a bit of a matchup nightmare for cornerbacks and safeties. It's kind of intriguing and really smart for the Hawkeyes to be looking at that option in case they're thin at wide receiver. They have some really good tight ends. Luke Lachey, second-team tight end, um, can go in there and block and, and catch passes as well. And there were a lot of positive things said about walk-on Johnny Pascuzzi from the Kansas City area and true freshman Addison Ostranga. I saw a video from the kids' day where he hauled in a pass around the five-yard line, Ostranga did, and he bullied his way into the end zone through a couple of Hawkeye defenders. And at 6'4", 235, if he's a good receiving option, maybe he could help out as well in the passing game as a third tight end this season in certain formations. Despite the loss of Linderbaum and shot, the Hawkeyes' offensive line returns 60% of the offensive snaps from that group last year. And they weren't always pretty snaps, but there was continued improvement throughout the season. The Hawkeyes... Did very poorly at protecting the quarterback last year. That needs to improve. And Iowa was 119th in the nation in tackles for loss allowed, almost seven per game. And that's just another thing this offense can't handle. Second and long, third and long with those negative plays. And Liddell Betts is going to ensure that doesn't happen again in 2022. Gavin Williams, LaShawn Williams, those guys hit the hole hard. They're going to try to get that yardage get back to the line of scrimmage, and then some. They're very north-south in their running style, and you know, that really hurt the offense last year. 
think the Hawkeyes are going to fix that going into 2022. Well, on Saturday, regarding the offensive line, Nick DeYoung was out with injury. But really interesting thing, Connor Colby was playing right tackle. And it seems like that may be where Colby ends up this year as a true freshman. He played guard, but he has the size and the ability and the athleticism to excel at tackle. And there's more depth with guys that can play the guard positions. So if you've got a standout like Colby who has the experience that he does, I think it's going to make sense to put him in right tackle. And that was the biggest takeaway from the line. Jack Plum plays left tackle, but that's just for depth purposes. Mason Richmond has that position nailed down. Some other miscellaneous notes, some takeaways as well from Coach Ferentz. He made some comments around Logan Lee starting defensive tackle, saying he's like a 40-year-old guy. And, you know, obviously he meant that as a compliment, just he's really mature. He's the only guy on the team that's married, and Coach said he probably has three kids in a station wagon by now. And, and Logan Lee got a bit of a kick out of that. He said, well, I like everything else, but I, I'm not going to get a station wagon or something like that. But, hey, one of my big takeaways, one of the big takeaways from everybody who was at the practice, the kickers were good. <laughs> that has been a huge concern coming to this season. Drew Stevens, Aaron Blom, they made fans and the coaching staff feel a lot better after going 15 and 15 on field goals in front of fans at the open practice. They both made a 53-yarder to end the practice. And Kirk Ferentz was really upbeat about those kickers after that performance. Sounds like they're getting close to a situation where there may be two really good kickers to choose from as the season starts, and that is a great situation to be in. Kirk Ferentz was asked about Aaron Graves, if he could be redshirted. And Kirk said, we would be crazy to say we're redshirting him. That would be stupid on our part. He belongs on the field with the older guys. So, wow. The Hawkeyes have another defensive lineman who's going to be really strong to add to the already just really solid depth at that position. So we'd heard the legend of Aaron Graves coming in. It sounds like he's living up to that. Linebacker Tyler Fisher, if you recall, he scored the TD on the block punt against Nebraska. He was a walk-on. He's now on scholarship. Same with Quinn Schulte. He's listed as the starting free safety. He's on scholarship. Great great for those guys and their families. Logan Jones, who's wearing number 65, Tyler Linderbaum's former number, and trying to take over that center position. He is, by all accounts, a very strong guy. He's breaking records in the weight room. But in addition to that, he has a 36-inch vertical leap. So he's strong. He's athletic. I think Kirk Ferentz knew what he was doing when he moved him over to that center position. And I'm feeling better and better about that move. And I think he's going to be a special one with a good shot at starting at center this season. Finally, Spencer Petrus donated $6,000 to Tory Taylor's Every Kick Counts charity that he's helping to support. It helps raise awareness uh, for prevention of stillbirth babies. And just a really incredible thing for Spencer Petrus to do. And what an impressive Impressive person Petrus is, as is Tory Taylor for championing that cause. So really good to see. I just continue to be impressed with these players and what they do on the court, on the field, off the field, um, the volunteering they do, the things they do with the Children's Hospital, and, and another great cause there. 
Well, those are my takeaways from the weekend with media day and open practice. I'm excited for the season, not backing down on my 10 and two prediction for 2022. The offensive changes seem to be coming together. If Iowa just has a top 60 or 70 offense in 2022, this could be a really special year with a defense that Phil Parker is going to be putting on the field every week. So here we are, officially less than three weeks from opening the game. Can't wait to swarm Kinnick with 70,000 other fans. Go Hawks!